on American farmers and some of our meat processors in our area. And, boy, we got some good ones. Some of these uh, small butcher shops around where they, they make their own sausage and, you know, process hams with their own recipes. Did very, very well down at the uh, evaluation for the state fair. And, boy, oh, boy, dominating the August 6th Governor's Blue Ribbon Meat Auction. So we'll talk about that, who they are, and what good things they are producing. We've got uh, markets calls. All the markets were closed, so it'll be by review this morning as we take a look at uh, some of the market information. So we got a lot to do. Yeah, Brent is going to be here today. But uh, otherwise, we'll get uh, Drew. He'll have the weather for us this morning. We got a lot going on. So again, 64 degrees. It'll go up about 20 today. And again, be careful. There is a little fog out there, but uh, shouldn't bother you too much. And a Friday morning, the 5th of July. It should be a nice one, too. Don't forget the sunscreen today because it's going to be 84 and partly cloudy, so there'll be a lot of sun out there. We're 64 right now with a little fog out there, too. Off to the nothing to get really upset about or get too uh, clutched up about. But uh, just be aware of that, that there is a little fog in some areas. All right, we've got about 5 o'clock in the morning. This is 104.5 FM, WAXX Clear. What's going on around the world? NBC News Radio, I'm Mark Mayfield. Chicago police are investigating after three people were stabbed and well over a dozen injured in a stampede at the Navy Pier's 4th of July fireworks show. Police say an altercation broke out around 10 p.m. and that led to the stabbings. In the chaos that followed, people were trampled and taken to hospitals. There are reports from witnesses on Twitter that someone shouted, active shooter, and that may have led to the chaos. Authorities say they're prepared for major aftershocks in the aftermath of a massive earthquake in Southern California. Ridgecrest Mayor Peggy Breeden explained why they've declared a state of emergency after the 6.4 magnitude quake struck on Thursday morning. Because we've had over 87 aftershocks of this, we don't know what's going to happen. And with that, the state of emergency allows us to seek significant help from other governmental entities. Breeden says she's confident there are enough resources to make sure that the recovery effort runs smoothly. State Route 178 sustained one large crack and debris and large boulders also fell onto the roadway, but that's all been fixed and removed. So far, no reports of major injuries or damage. A helicopter crash has claimed the lives of seven people, including a West Virginia man who built a coal empire that made him a billionaire. Chris Klein, his daughter, and five others died when the helicopter that he was traveling into Fort Lauderdale from the Bahamas crashed into the Atlantic Ocean. West Virginia Governor Jim Justice wrote on Twitter that Klein was a superstar and a close friend. Hot dogs aren't the only thing that was on the menu for competitive eaters this week. On Wednesday, the Washington, D.C. area burger chain Z-Burger held its 10th annual hamburger eating contest. Molly Shiler won the event, scarfing down 32 burgers in just 10 minutes. That shatters her previous record of 27 burgers, which she set last year. And things are heating up in Alaska. Anchorage recorded an all-time high temperature of 89 degrees on Thursday. The previous high was 85. That was set on June the 14th, 1969. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. And we had our first get together with folks that are going to be traveling with us to Alaska on the 23rd of July. <laughs> One guy says, "Should I take shorts?" I said, "Yeah, not a bad idea. They have summer in Alaska. Everybody thinks it's a, it's an old iceberg for 365 days a year, but no, the sun does shine. It does get warm in Alaska. So if you're going this time of year, well, one pair of shorts isn't a bad idea. So, again, it's uh, looking forward to heading out to Alaska here on the 23rd. That's so oh, 
two, three weeks away. Not far away at all. Looking forward to it, as always. And, uh, boy, am I glad I got back from California when I did. California earthquake, what did they say, 84 aftershocks? You know, when I was out there, I was talking to people, they said, it's inevitable. It's going to happen. The big one's going to happen. <laughs> wow, that sounded like it was awful close yesterday. So hopefully everybody uh, recovers from that. But uh, it's a shaky place, to say the least, in California. Four minutes after five, we'll check the markets and the weather. It's a busy morning, even though it's the day after a holiday. When farming, prices fluctuate, whether it is feed, milk, or livestock prices. Hi, this is Michelle from Tureen Livestock Market in Thorpe. One thing that is consistent, we at Tureen Livestock Market will work to get the best prices for your livestock. We're not a cooperative. We're family-owned and operated. Our sales are every Monday and Wednesday, and we're conveniently located one and a half miles north of Thorpe on Highway 73. Give us a call at 715-669-7127. Because at Tureen Livestock Market, we're always striving to be the best market of choice for your livestock. Well, I think we can probably call this our Michelle weather forecast. Nice and warm, just the way she likes it. Today, about 84, partly cloudy. Should see a good amount of sun. Tonight, 66, maybe a few isolated showers, but no area-wide rains in this forecast. Tomorrow, another nice day. It should be, uh, oh, in the low 80s again, and partly cloudy with a lot of sunshine. Sunday, Cooling off just a tad into the upper 70s, but that means, you know, some folks will see 80 because it's going to be partly cloudy and the sun will be out. Monday, 83. Tuesday, 83. Maybe a few showers on Tuesday. Right now around the area, we got Green Bay at 70. Milwaukee, the warm spot at 75. Madison, Sun Prairie, pretty nice. 73. We'll be heading down that way a little bit later on today for some family activities. 69 in Marshfield, Wausau at 68, Rice Lake at 68, La Crosse 71, and we're one of the cool spots around the area, 64 here in the Eau Claire Chippewa Falls area right now. And again, a little fog out there, so be aware of that, but it'll burn off and it'll get into the low to mid-80s today. Let's review the market, shall we? Almost six minutes after 5 o'clock. And our market report this morning brought to you by Bobcat Plus, Chippewa Falls, and Osseo. Tough jobs demand tough equipment. Bobcat loaders from Bobcat Plus answer the question for those tough jobs. Like the new M-Series loaders. More power, more performance, more comfort. There's a loader that's perfect for your job, but don't just take my word for it. Hi, this is Bob Bosold. See the compact material handling experts at Bobcat Plus and let their specialists show you the growing lineup of Bobcat equipment. Visit Bob. Bobcat Plus in Butler, Waukesha, De Pere, Osseo, or Eau Claire. Bobcat Plus, working the state of Wisconsin, one customer at a time. And, of course, the markets were all closed yesterday, but, uh, boy, it's full speed ahead again uh, next week and shouldn't be any interruption in marketing until we get to Labor Day. But uh, we got a, a lot of things to get done between now and Labor Day. Choice-fed beef steers, 102 to 105. The heifers, 102 to 104. Choice-fed Holstein steers this week, 83 to 87 and three-quarters, with the select Holsteins, 57 to 82. Cows, 52 to 69. The bulls, 67 to 93. Hogs, 52 and down. Sows, 33 to 35. The boars, 12 to 15. Shorn and unshorn market lambs, $1.30 to $1.51, with the feeder lambs, $1.10 to $1.60. And again, at the Mercantile Exchange, cattle futures, they were higher when the markets closed on Wednesday. August live cattle were at 105.45. That was up a dollar 35. 
October was up 95, December up 57, February up 42. Feeder cattle were a little lower when uh, we shut the markets down on Wednesday. August feeder cattle 136.57 down a dollar 80. September was 136.95 down 187. October down a dollar 70. November down a dollar 77. Lean hog carcass contracts were also lower. June at 73.55 down 17. August hogs down 60. Uh, and uh, taking a look at October, that was down 25, December down 75. And on the Board of Trade, again, uh, the markets uh, did go higher Wednesday. But they closed as uh, December corn, 441 a bushel. That was up 15 cents. The oats at 288, December wheat at 525. November beans went over $9 at 908 and meal at $311.80. Dairy markets, not a whole lot of movement. Uh, barrel cheese was unchanged, 178 blocks at 185. Butter, 240 and a half. Class 3 futures were a little lower on Wednesday. As we said, we were hoping to be able to come in yesterday and tell you we had $18 milk, but unfortunately, we couldn't do that. September, remember, was on uh, Tuesday. It was up at 1798, and October was 1799, but uh, they both fell seven cents, so... September 1791, October 1792, July 1731, down six cents. Prices were lower out through next March. But uh, again, the markets uh, will be getting back into action as we get into next week. And it'll be a full week of trading. 64 degrees right now. We're looking for a little fog out there. And Friday's high, about 84, partly cloudy. We should see some sunshine. Remember that story in the news just a few, few moments ago? where they're talking about the uh, earthquake in California with 84 aftershocks in a town, I think it was a little northeast of Los Angeles. Reminded me of George Strait. I think this kind of fits fits the bill when they had uh, earthquake in California. How long is it going to be there? <laughs> see the sea and <laughs> after that earthquake. It might not be long, and you can see the sea from Arizona. But hopefully everybody in California with that Big earthquake uh, yesterday. Hopefully everybody is squared away. And uh, safe travels to Holstein breeders around Wisconsin. Heading to Madison. I'm sure they're, most of them are in Madison already because the uh, Wisconsin Summer Championship shows for the Holstein breeders. Red and black and white, red and white, black and white. They're all in Madison. Show starts today. Runs through the ninth down in Madison at the uh, Aligned Energy Center, of course. Down there, the site of World Area Expo. So should be uh, some... Good times over there in Madison for the Holstein breeders, and hopefully they have a good, good weekend to be showing cattle in Madison. Well, as we said, Agriculture Secretary Sonny Perdue is getting some pushback from some oil state Republican senators who don't like his perceived involvement with the Environmental Protection Agency over small refinery waivers. The senators are complaining to the president that the secretary doesn't have the right to get involved with the decisions on whether or not EPA can grant those refinery waivers from blending ethanol into their gasoline supplies. Those senators have the opinion that Purdue has sided with farmers and the ethanol industry to criticize those waivers as they have already cost the industry almost 3 billion gallons in lost ethanol demand because of those waivers. And uh, I saw the list, and it's interesting to see who's on that list because there are some that you wouldn't think would uh, want to waiver a farmer product because they do have involvement with farmers, but they still have asked for those uh, waivers. 
Secretary Perdue also made news recently when he told reporters he does not, he, or that he does believe, Secretary Perdue does believe American farmers are casualties of the president's trade war with China. He also told Reuters news agency that the administration knew going into their tariff action against China that any retaliation, if it came, would be against our farmers. Purdue also said he told the president, you can't pay the bills with patriotism. As far as resolving our trade problems with China, Purdue said he hopes a new trade deal can be done by the end of this year. And uh, we all hope he's he's wrong. We hope it's uh, done before the end of this year to get to trade back on a more normal track. And, of course, we're still trying to deal with the U.S.-Canada-Mexico free trade agreement. They're talking about drug prices now and uh, how that's working, you know, how cheaper drugs in Canada and why are we paying so much for drugs here, prescription drugs in this country when uh, you go to Canada and they're just a fraction of what we pay and uh, lots of other issues as well. And we know the, the worker rights and the worker pay in Mexico, how jobs have left this country and gone to Mexico because, you know, they pay them very, very little compared to what our workers need and demand. And, of course, the European trade deal. We're trying to get something done with the European Union, and we'll talk about that after a while. But uh, the Europeans say, we don't want to include agriculture. Well, you got to include agriculture. It's one of the backbones of our trade and theirs as well. So some real challenges for this administration as uh, they came into office and going to redo things, and it's a big mountain to climb. There's no question about that. If this administration is successful climbing that mountain, it uh, will make a big difference. There's no question about that. But still, it's a big mountain to climb as far as uh, getting trade deals done that are going to uh, change some of the things that uh, we've just kind of taken for granted. They open their markets, okay, that's good. We'll ship them stuff. But uh, some other things like what the Chinese have done, President Trump says needs to change, and it's going to be a challenge. And as Secretary Purdue said, farmers have been, unfortunately, a casualty of that trade practice. So we'll see uh, how this works out, but hopefully trade deals are done sooner rather than later. Speaking of uh, working with uh, foreign countries, some Mideast visitors were in the United States, were in Wisconsin recently, as a matter of fact, and uh, they were down in the southern part of the state. They were from uh, places like Saudi Arabia. We buy their oil, and they buy our cheese, evidently. But uh, they were down there to look at some of our dairy operations in southern Wisconsin, dairy farms and cheese plants, because they do buy a lot of uh, U.S. cheese and dairy products that uh, ends up in Saudi Arabia, and hopefully more will go that way as well. And uh, this last week, at the end of last week, there was a group uh, delegation that came from that part of the world to southern Wisconsin, and Pam Yonke caught up with them down there, and we're going to hear her conversation with one gentleman from Saudi Arabia as far as how they view the United States, but especially the Wisconsin dairy industry and uh, just exactly how much they might be buying. So uh, we'll look at that and uh, hear that story. That's coming up on Wax. We're about 18 minutes after 5, 64 degrees. Should be a nice day today, 84 and partly cloudy as we take a look at more of our farm news, some of that brought to you by Osseoplastics and Supply. Your days in the field start early and end late, but no two are ever the same. You've got a lot invested in this land and even more riding on it in the future. For you, your family, and your community, 
At Bremer Bank, we're ready to do all we can to help you make it through the tough times and make the most of the good ones. Let's see what we can do together. Find out more at Bremer.com. Lots of the news now in agriculture. We talk about foreign countries. Can we trade with those people with the tariffs and trade deals being worked out? Bob Bosel here at the northern end of the world's longest barn. But you can't quit selling. And, Pam, that's what the Department of Agriculture, Trade, and Consumer Protection is doing. They're bringing people in and selling product. Yeah, they call it a reverse trade mission, Bob. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee here at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. And you're seeing more and more of that around the state of Wisconsin with different commodity groups. Last week, there was a group of 12 potential cheese buyers that were in from five different areas of the Middle East. Their goal? To learn a little bit more about America's dairy land. And believe you me, many of them did not have a clue that Wisconsin was such a powerhouse when it comes to cheese production. I caught up with them and had a chance to visit with Jaleel Alfmar. He is from Saudi Arabia, and he has been doing business with different food processors and agribusinesses in the United States for more than 40 years. So he's a little bit more familiar with what Wisconsin has to offer. And uh, during this time through, uh, Jaheel said that he is very impressed with Wisconsin's cheese, not only from the diversity of flavors we offer, but things we sometimes take for granted, like quality and sanitation. Had a chance to visit with him and learn more about the Saudi Arabia market and what those consumers are looking for. We enjoy this Wisconsin dairy farmers. They are very devoted people. They are very creative people. They do an excellent job, especially when it comes not only American flavor, but comes the European flavor like the uh, Parmesan, like the Sarvecchio, like the Mascarpone, like the Provolone cheese. You feel like you are in a small little Italy. And the quality is much better than the Italian one. The Italian quality now does start to be a commercial quality not like 10 years ago so become so Wisconsin I believe in Wisconsin and the, the support of Wisconsin is going to be one of the major 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 uh, business in Saudi Arabia Saudi Arabia is a very tropical country people they love to eat cheese they love to drink milk and uh, we are non-alcoholic country of course and this has helped a lot of young generation to come on a nutrition fact and to see where is the best ingredient of the product. And U.S. cheese comes the first factor and the yogurt comes also as a second important factor in the, in, in the market. You were mentioning the young generation. You said the Saudi Arabia population, we need to understand how they are international. They come home with U.S. taste. Explain that, Jalil. Okay, they come taste with, the, you know, the people now, the young generation, the country have uh, 35% to 45% under age. So young generation, young people generation, they've been graduated. Mostly we have about 500,000 students in the United States, which they come with a very good knowledge of the American product, American heritage, American things, and they are implementing those good things in our country. So this is one of the diversification in the country. So the country is very young, and they have hopes 
people are trying to be more involving in charity business, in uh, community help. Everything this being taken from state, from their study, from their seeing the people, being associating with the U.S. families and this one. So we can say uh, Saudi Arabia is an American market 100%. But because of uh, this lack of the government and the farmer in the state and this one, so we had some uh, interference from the French people, the German people, and this one in the market, especially the Australian people. And the Australian people being introduced by American companies, because some American companies, they went to Australia, and then they say, okay, we'll give you the Middle East and the GCC country. So this had an influence, and then those Australian companies start to become independent, and they've been buying themselves from the American farmers, and they become Australian companies. So this was also a big gap in the market. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, like you said, we're trying to rebuild that now, and uh, you think that the Wisconsin story is an important story for your customers, right? Yes, right. Uh, it's Wisconsin. Everybody who knows in Wisconsin is the best milk, the best quality of cheese is made. Diversification of the cheese also is made in Wisconsin. Like they do for you the Swiss cheese, the French cheese, and similar to the Italian and with high quality. Mm -hmm. Yes. How is your market growing then, Jalil? Can we expect Saudi Arabia to turn into one of the best markets for Wisconsin cheese? Yes, Saudi Arabia can be one of the second exporter market with the cheese market because the cheese is a part of ethnic and traditional in Saudi Arabia. People, they eat two times, three times per day cheese. Oh, really? So cheese is a very important uh, factor in Saudi Arabia. This is why we have the concentration and the heritage, and this is why the European people are so f uh, fighting very much for our market <laughs> to get some share. <laughs> Tell me about their their taste preference. You said provolone, uh, mascarpone. What does the Saudi customer look for? Were, are they willing to try different flavored cheeses? Yes, of course. They are trying to now, like we have different type of cheese imported. We have uh, not much quantity, but small quantity, small flavor, but the people appreciate it like... Uh, most the flavor of vegetable flavor with the cheese you know the the US market is very well known on diversifying cheese with some vegetable and fruits and some different uh, flavors so and the smoked flavor is the most uh, appreciated in Saudi Arabia because the way of the American people they do the smoke is a very different than the smoke in Europe the smoke in Europe is not much smoke as much as you don't feel the hectory here in, uh, in the state. The state is very beautiful, the smoking. So we are expecting to be in 10 years again, USA to take lead in the market than the French, Australian, Germany, and Belgium uh, companies. Let me ask you, you mentioned that uh, you've got a lot of young people that appreciate a premium cheese. What about a premium price, though, Jalil? Do you ever have to? Do you ever go over on the price, or are Saudi consumers ready to pay? Uh, Saudi consumers are ready to pay. The, the country is very rich. 
we don't have any problem on money as much as we have a problem on quality because the people they will compare apple to apple they say okay I buy a French one the French they are only good in a French type of cheese I buy the American because it's flavored it's smoked it's this one I pay even if I pay additional but I have and I guarantee that the product of United States is always the most hygienic and most control strict control by the, the US government mm -hmm. how difficult is it we forget about the logistics of getting our Wisconsin cheese to Dubai or Riyadh how difficult is it logistically to get the product there and keep it in good condition the competitor they make it difficult but it's so easy today to have a logistic you know you have a lot of flying goes yeah. you have a lot of vessels you have a lot of people new generation they know how to make so easy the logistic uh -huh. and you have you have a lot of company logistic now become the easiest one not the most complicated but always the competitor they say it's a far away yeah. don't buy from far away places <laughs> buy it from us buy from the short way so this is only but as far as logistic United States it's been keeping the best logistic I work with United States companies over 45 years and they are the best in logistic best in the Italian people best in the French people and best in the Spanish people the second one is the German are also good in logistic only United States and German Dalil Ulfmir, he is one of the buyers that was along on that reverse trade mission in Wisconsin representing potential markets in the Middle East. He's from Saudi Arabia. Jalil tells me that the young demographics in Saudi Arabia mean there's going to be growth in dairy consumption of the future. He said uh, traditionally they consume cheese at least three times a day. That's part of their culture. The young population likes a spreadable cheese, so something like a feta could really hit home there. And he said it is going to be a growth pattern for probably the next decade. He said that statistically it looks like consumption of milk and dairy-related products is second only behind cereals when it comes to the Saudi Arabia population. So boy, if we can get a few deals going with Saudi Arabia, it could be the beginning of a good, hopefully long-standing partnership that helps our Wisconsin dairy industry. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Farm Director Pam Yonke. Hey, thanks, Pam. Interesting stuff with a gentleman from Saudi Arabia. I think I must be part Saudi. I eat cheese about three times a day. <laughs> Love all of it. So it's uh, good stuff. Question I want to ask, now the people at the Department of Agriculture, Trade, and Consumer Protection, did they bring their checkbook? Did they buy it? And, of course, uh, did they buy Wisconsin cheese? You know, you referred to United States, but uh, what about their opinion of Wisconsin? I know it went up after this trip when they were in our area, but uh, did they buy a bunch of Wisconsin cheese and dairy products? Hopefully they did. Again, logistics loaded on a plane, and it doesn't take very long to get to Saudi Arabia, and again, they said, United States, the best as far as hygiene in the cheese, safety in the cheese, flavor in the cheese, and they got money. We're a very rich country, he said, and we're looking for good stuff. It's almost 5.30 in the morning here on 20 in a row, Wax 104.5, 64 degrees. Drew Williams is over in the weather room at uh, Channel 13, so we're going to catch up with him here in just a little bit to get our Updated weather forecast for the weekend, but uh, looks looks pretty good. If you got outdoor activities, maybe tonight some isolated showers, but uh, we're going to let him tell us about that, and we'll catch up with him here in just a few minutes. But in uh, some of our other news, 
In trade news, besides, uh, you know, the China deals and Canada, U.S., Mexico, our Undersecretary for Trade and Foreign Affairs, Ted McKinney, said any new deal we strike with the European Union has to include agriculture. But that may be rough since the Europeans insist they don't want agriculture included in those trade talks. McKinney said because of that, any new deal seems to be way down the road. And Wisconsin, of course, is known as cheese, but we're also known as having some of the best meat processors in the country. Boy, oh boy, you go to some of these local meat markets, and it's uh, out of this world, the kinds of meat that you can get. And some area meat processors will be selling their grand champion products on August 6th at the Wisconsin State Fair. Now, they're going to be part of the Governor's Blue Ribbon Meat Products Auction that evening on August 6th, benefiting the Wisconsin 4-H Foundation. Now, about 12 products or so are going to be sold that were selected as grand, first, and second reserve in four or five different categories. And about half of them are coming from our part of the state. Now, selling the Grand Champion Bone-In Ham, the Grand Champion flavored summer sausage, and the grand champion dried or smoked beef will be Louis Finer Meats of Cumberland. And uh, Louis always been right there. But Louis, they've got a, quite a meat market up there and quite a reputation, and obviously they're doing it right. But not far behind selling their first reserve bone-in ham. That means they were second to Louis. The first reserve dried or smoked beef and the first reserve flavored bacon will be Siler's Food Market and Meat Processing down in the Elmwood area. So between Siler's and Louie's, they're going to be selling six of the top 12 products, or six of the 12 products that are going to be sold at the Governor's Auction, again, coming up on August 6th at the State Fair in the evening. Last year, the Governor's Auction raised over $100,000 for the State 4-H program. So congratulations. It's something we all know here in the state, up in this part of the state, of how good our meat processors are. You go into a a lot of local meat processors and you get some awfully, awfully good stuff. All right, we're going to catch up with Drew Williams here in just a few moments. But again, we mentioned the Holstein breeders are in Madison starting today, running through the 9th for the annual summer championship shows down at the Alliant Energy Center. Well, World Dairy Expo sent out a news release. They're now accepting entries for the 53rd Annual Dairy Cattle Show at World Dairy Expo. New this year, online and paper entry forms are due September 8th. Late entries may be submitted online through September 19th, and paper entries will be honored until the day of the show, both for an increased fee, though. That's a part of the deal. You're going to be late. You're going to pay to be late. Now, new to the Dairy Cattle Show, a summer junior two-year-old cow class has been added to the International Holstein Show, International Junior Holstein Show, International Red and White Show, and the International Junior Red and White Show. Animals that given in this class are born between June 1st of 2017 and August 31st of 2017, and uh, they are in milking form at World Dairy Expo. So, again, go on the World Dairy Expo website and find out all about that. But again, we've got uh, World Dairy Expo coming up. If you're wondering about the dates, it's October 1st through the 5th in Madison at the Alliant Energy Center. So again, you got cattle, you want to enter at World Dairy Expo, 
The dates are open for you to get those in right now. They're due by September 8th. So you, you got a few days. Got about two months, as a matter of fact, to get that in. Well, the weather for the weekend. Yesterday, I know a lot of people were holding their breath. Am I going to be able to get on the lake at all? Maybe going to be able to go fishing? Are we going to be okay for the fireworks? I think for the most part it was. Let's check our weather. Drew Williams is in the weather room this morning as Monica Ott has the weekend off to be with her new little one. Well, Drew, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, Bob. How are you? Good. So how old's your little one? Uh, she's just shy of 14 months. Okay, so you didn't take her to the fireworks. We we went down to the park and just kind of hung out, and then we left early. Yeah. Because she wouldn't have made it till 10, and I wouldn't have made it. I was, was going to say, I bet Dad wouldn't either. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but, boy, I'll tell you, it turned out to be... Really, really a nice day. Yeah, beautiful weather yesterday. We did have some wet weather further up to the north. Yeah, but, I uh, saw that. Yeah, here in the Chippewa Valley, we uh, managed to stay dry, and everything was perfect for those fireworks. And uh, again, the weather today looking pretty good. We do have uh, an overcast sky right now. We've got some fog in the area. Temperatures basically in the 60s and 70s. So you feel that humidity out there. And later on today, we'll kind of see a mix of sunshine and clouds once that uh, fog starts to lift off there. Afternoon high is topping out once again in the mid-80s, a couple degrees above what we typically see. A light wind out of the north for today. And uh, there is a slight chance that an Isolated shower or storm later this evening, but kind of like yesterday, it's going to be hit or miss. So uh, many locations actually should should stay dry. Uh, we start to clear out some during the overnight hours, back down into the 60s. The weekend looking nice. A front moves through that's going to bring in some cooler and some drier air. For both Saturday and Sunday, we're basically only going to see highs around 80 degrees. And, of course, that humidity will be a bit lower. Plenty of sunshine is expected. Saturday, there is a slight chance it may be an isolated shower or storm, but really doesn't look to be anything major, especially with that drier air in place. Working into the week, work week, though, we do see temperatures back into the low 80s, still pretty close to average for us. And staying dry until Tuesday and Wednesday, a slight chance of seeing an isolated shower or storm on both of those days, but hopefully clearing out as we make our way into the latter part of next work week. But enjoy the day. It's currently 67 degrees with that fog and an overcast sky in Eau Claire. I'm Skyward 13 meteorologist Drew Williams. And no fear of an earthquake like they had in California. Oh my gosh, some of that footage of you. Did you see the library? It's just like books just you know, know falling it. off the shelf. That's not a good place to be during an earthquake. Boy, I guess not. You ever sat through one of those? You ever been in one of I've, those? I've been in a very weak earthquake uh, when I lived in Arkansas. And you know how they talk. Have you ever been in one? They, they talk about how it's a wave. Yeah, I was in one in, well, in California, but it, uh, yeah. 30 years ago, I was sitting in the cousin's house and yeah. all of a sudden things started sliding around on the, on the walls and the pictures turned and the yeah. cabinet doors opened and Later on the news, they said it was a 5.8, but oh, it was wow. off in the ocean someplace. But it was scary. It's an odd feeling, isn't it? It's, uh, that's what I've described to people. The one I felt was really weak. Yeah. Yes, it is a very odd feeling. So hopefully everybody uh, recovers from that. But They're pretty used to it, but yeah, know, even but that one was big for them. That's a dangerous place to live. I agree. Hey, have a good week. You too. Take care, Bob. There you go. That's Drew Williams over at Skywarn 13 taking a look at our weather this morning. We're 23 minutes now before 6 o'clock. Brent's here. You made it through the fog all right? The, the fog wasn't too bad? Yeah, just a little bit when I started around the Baldwin-Glenwood yeah. area, but once I got to the interstate, it all cleared away, so smooth sailing. Traffic, not much traffic this morning? No, not today, but a Sunday night, probably be a different story around the area. <laughs> I think so. So Brent will join us. We'll talk to him and see what's going on with the crops and knee-high by the 4th or what the challenges are, which there are some, no question about that. As we're right now, about 23 minutes, 22 minutes before 6 o'clock, we'll 
catch up, review some markets. I'm not sure if Jerry Fitzgerald is going to be up or not, but uh, we'll find out here. John 20 in a row, Wax 104.5. We're about 18 minutes before 6 o'clock. And, of course, all the markets were closed yesterday, but still uh, a lot of activity to plan for for next week. Jerry Fitzgerald is up and at him. Good morning, Jerry. Did you have a good 4th of July? Well, good morning to you, Bob. Yes, we did in a, in a very nice fireworks display last night, so that was good. And we just uh, kind of dodged a few showers, and all the all the little rain around yesterday didn't amount to, I think I dumped out about two tenths. So uh, maybe it's looking pretty good for today, too. But I know uh, most of the uh, folks you talk to, the big topic is, when are we going to get a window so we can make some hay? So I yeah. guess that's... That's the question. That's for sure. There's a lot of hay that needs to be made, and it's tough. You know, a little shower here and there just sets you way back. Well, the market's obviously for this week all done, so uh, what are we looking forward to next week over there at Stratford? All right, Bob, we'll uh, give a highlight for that in just a minute. But, uh, uh, Bob, thank you, and a very good morning, everyone. And just we'll give a little market summary from uh, this past week here at Equity Stratford. Uh, uh, cow market closed fully steady uh, this past week. Uh, these good, good big, fleshy, high-yielding cows, they're selling mostly from 58 to 68. We did see a top on the cows this week, $70. Uh, most of the cows this week, your average dairy cows, were selling from 43 to 57, and those thinner cleaner cows 42 and below bull market this week most of the better bulls are selling from 75 to 85 uh we ended up on wednesday up to 87 lighter bulls 70 and back uh, fat cattle on a weak trend and we've seen that now for the past couple weeks on the fat cattle choice grading holstein steers mostly from 75 to 85 your uh, higher le- higher yielding choice holsteins 85 to 87 select underfinished steers 74 and back also a weak trend on the calf market uh Again, the uh, very warm, muggy weather does not help this anything, but uh, help this calf market too much. But the 85 to 120 pound Holstein bull calves, mostly 40 to 85, fancy bull calves on Monday sale to 100. Uh, heifer calves, very limited demand, 50 and down. Beef calves, decent demand, uh, 150 to 270 on the close, and on Monday sale we did see some beef calves up to that $300 mark. So, uh, as we uh, look ahead to next week here at Equity Stratford, of course, we are open on Sunday afternoon uh, between 3 and 8 for you folks who drop your cattle off for the Monday auction. That gets underway at 9.30 a.m. with market cows. Uh, also, fat cattle on Monday and bulls, calves to follow. Next Tuesday will be the regular market auction. That will be a noontime start for that. Uh, feeder cattle sale next week will be on Wednesday. And as part of that feeder sale next week, we do have a breeding bull sale as part of that sale for the feeder cattle. We do have uh, eight Hereford breeding bulls also uh, uh, for that consignment already. So I'm sure more, more consignments are coming in for that. But if folks are looking for some breeding bulls for your beef herd, we're going to have those on Wednesday. And, of course, uh, full marketing week next week with the Thursday auction also. So, again, all this is on our website. Equity Co-op, click on the Stratford page, and our phone number is 715-687-4101. Uh, market will be closed today, though, so if you want to have any questions, wait have to wait till Monday morning. So, Bob, uh, you enjoy the weekend, and we will also, and like I said, that, uh, I don't think we're getting a, the kind of change in the weather forecast around. Looks like it's going to be pretty decent today. Huh? Yeah, 84. We should see sunshine, so uh, enjoy it. We'll talk to you next week, buddy. You betcha, Bob. Thank you. And uh, Scott's not there, so you get all the donuts yourself this morning, huh? Yeah, right. I sure do. You enjoy it, and we'll talk to you on Monday. That's, again, Jerry Fitzgerald at the Equity Stratford Sale Barn. We'll take a look at the rest of our markets. Brent's here, too. We'll get an update on what's going on as he sees it in the fields. Time to do things the right way, the smart way, the let-there-be-yield type of way. 
because in-season decisions shouldn't be feared, forgotten, or left behind. They should drive to better plant health, better yield, and better seasons. Apply Max in nutrients and help increase nutrient uptake by up to 50%. Talk with your locally owned and operated Winfield United retailer to make your foliar application count. It's the Chevy 4th of July sales event. Visit your local Chevy dealer to check out spectacular deals on display. But hurry, the sale ends July 8th. Chevrolet, find new roads. And again, the Board of Trade was uh, closed, but taking a look at the prices, uh, December corn is sitting at 441 a bushel. The oats at 288, December wheat at 525, and the beans over nine dollars, nine oh eight. That was up a dime. October meal, 311.80. At the country elevators, uh, again, prices not changing. We've got uh, golden plump corn, 392 at Baldwin, Duran, Mondovi, Elmwood, Fall Creek, Osseo. The latest numbers we saw, corn, 381, beans, 814. Stevens Point, 390 and 791. Elk Mound, 385 and 817. Sparta, 390 and 791 on the beans. Over at Ellsworth, 373 on the corn, 814 on the beans. Boyceville, ethanol plant, 384. Stanley, 385 to Richmond, 383. Barrel cheese on the Wednesday trade, 178 a pound. That's unchanged. To blocks, 185 down a penny. Butter up a half at 240 and a half. July Class 3 sitting at 1731. August at 1782. September 1791, October 1792, and November at 1776. With the Capital One Saver Card, you earn 4% cash back on dining and entertainment. That's 4% cash back on We Scream for ice cream. Oh, oh, I want strawberry. And 4% while you're screaming at the amusement park. Capital One Saver Card. Earn 4% on dining and 4% on entertainment. Now, when you and the family go out, you cash in. Capital One, what's in your wallet? Terms apply. Capital One Bank, USANA. It's the Chevy 4th of July sales event. Visit your local Chevy dealer to check out spectacular deals on display. But hurry, the sale ends July 8th. Chevrolet, find new roads. For about 11 minutes, almost 11 minutes before 6 o'clock. On a Friday morning at Wax, that means Mr. Wink is here. Brent Wink is with us, as always, on a Friday morning during the planting, growing, and harvesting season on our Countryside Co-op Crop Information Update Program. Countryside Cooperative. Creative solutions. Exceptional value. Now's the time of year when you need to tissue sample your actively growing corn crop. The agronomists at Countryside Cooperative recommend that at the V5, V6 growth stage, you test your corn crop for macro and micronutrients. Over the last five years, our local sampling has revealed that 80% of the samples are deficient or responsive to the micronutrient zinc and that 79% of the samples came back deficient or responsive to boron. What this is telling you is that these micros are a limiting factor in reaching your full potential for yield. So what should you do? Well, it's time to contact your agronomist at Countryside Cooperative and let them know you want your field's tissue sampled for macro and micronutrients. The results will come back in less than a week, and you can sit down with them to determine a corrective action. These tests will also show you levels of nitrogen, phosphorus, potassium, sulfur, and manganese in your crop. If any deficiencies show up, Countryside Cooperative would recommend applying products such as Maxin ZMB, Maxin Zinc, or Maxin Boron. So don't wait. Contact your agronomist at Countryside and ask them to tissue sample your corn crop and let them help you grow a bigger, batter corn crop for 2019. And on this Friday morning, Brent is here. Brent Wake, did you have a good 4th of July? Yeah, we 
I think the third, the night before the Fourth of July, the little town of Emerald, kind of near mm-hmm. us, always yeah, does yeah. fireworks in the oh, park and get several hundred people there. They do an excellent job, so that was really nice. Had good weather, and then uh, yesterday made it uh, up to my in-laws for a bit. We got a little rain up around Amory. A few different showers were kind of a little heavier, but probably just a couple of tents. But yeah, then back to work for a day, and then horse around again for well, the weekend. So driving around. <clears throat> How much, what percentage of the corn in our area, western Wisconsin, northwest, west central, knee high? I would say we're probably 70%, 70, 80%. There's there's some really good-looking corn again. It's kind of fun. I was getting some pictures from some different customers. And you look on Facebook and all these different things, some of the people that take their annual picture Mm -hmm, maybe in mm -hmm. the same field and Certainly a little off the mark of what we were a year ago. We had quite a bit more heat units a year ago, but you know if you probably looked at a five-year average, we're we're certainly a little behind. But boy, there's some corn that's starting to look really nice. But I got uh, I put a picture on Facebook on the third of July, and I got uh, comments from people in eastern Wisconsin. We don't have any corn that looks like that. <laughs> Well, you're a tall guy. You just need to find a little shorter person to put out in those fields. <laughs> Scott should have been there to take the photo. Oh, yeah. Would have been a little bit closer, but... But hopefully Mother Nature is going to cooperate now. We've, uh, the last couple of weeks, we've got kind of warmer weather. But what are, you, what are you seeing out there? What do you got this morning? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, not not a, a ton going on here the, uh, this week, but, you know, the side dress nitrogen continues to happen, and we're really starting to see the corn get some nice, good, dark green color where it did get in, you know, somewhat decent. Obviously, there's been corn planted all the way through up till a few weeks ago. So you can certainly find some corn that's, uh, you know, six, seven inches tall is all as well. But uh, for the most part, the the corn that went in decent, seen good color on that. Obviously, a lot of the herbicide applications and things are done on that. So a lot of the focus now is switching over to soybeans. I know at the different co-ops and ag retailers, um, you know, a lot of applications going on, and they're they're still working this weekend. If they're able to be out in the field spraying, uh, all the retailers that I call on, they're going to have people out in full force trying to get caught up and get those things done in between these little showers. You know, one of the challenges I am seeing is is the poor dairy producer trying to get, you know, as as Jerry talked about the hay, but there's a lot of forages that went in kind of as emergency forages, whether it's oats and peas and barley and peas or just straight oats for the intent of chopping those fields. And we're starting to see a lot of that oats uh, starting to head out or just about ready to head out. And so for a quality standpoint, we're right at the time where they want to be taking those uh, fields and cutting them and harvesting them. They might be able to get out and cut them, but a lot of this bigger equipment and your heavy silage trucks, they're not able to. Otherwise, we'll start rutting up these fields, and those are fields that they need to stay in alfalfa for the next uh, three to five years. So they really can't afford to go out there too soon and ruin the field for the next several years. So kind of a, I know we've got some good weather coming here the next few days. Hopefully we can put together a little string of weather to get some of those fields to kind of firm up a little bit so we're able to get the harvesting done on that, then get the herbicide applications done to take the the weeds and regrowth out of there and still get a decent cutting of alfalfa out there. So hopefully we see that weather and and, uh, get that opportunity to uh, have that harvest go on. So we'll see what the next week brings for us. Have you seen any reports earlier there were some 
entomologists uh, worried about oh, cutworm, slugs, uh, things like that. Any of that? Yeah, early on, uh, some of the no-till soybeans, we yeah, were seeing some yeah. slug feeding uh, going on in those. And uh, really, there hasn't been a lot of of uh, insect pressures and things. You know, alfalfa, we were finding potato leaf hoppers. Uh, I think that'll continue to be an issue here this season. There's just not a lot of alfalfa for them to be out yeah. in. But uh, so far, it's been kind of a quiet year. A few little instances of armyworm in some areas. I know I got a call in the Bloomer area again, but uh, again, nothing like we had saw a year ago. We actually had quite a few outbreaks of armyworm a year ago. So, boy, they so tore far, some fields just literally to nothing last yeah, year. Yeah, it was uh, it was amazing. So, I you know we didn't have. Um, Similar conditions, I guess, to make it a little conducive, but it's been kind of a, a quiet year, I guess, on the bug front so far. So hopefully, we can have a little uh, something will go right for yeah, us. Yeah, we things got to turn the corner here Boy. at some point. So Boy, I hope so. Hey, thanks, Brent. Have a good rest of the weekend. You bet. You as well. All Take right, care. Brent Wink with us on our Countryside Co-op Crop Information Update program. And we've got 64 degrees right now, give or take a few degrees where you're at. It'll get up into the mid-80s today. should be, well, a few clouds out there, but it looks like more sun than clouds. Maybe a little isolated shower overnight. Partly cloudy tomorrow, again, back into the 80s. So, again, if you can still enjoy some 4th of July weekend and don't have to go back to work too soon, enjoy it, won't you? And, again, don't forget your sunscreen. Our 30th anniversary is going to be the best country jam ever. With Keith Urban, Jake Owen, Toby Keith, and Marin Morris. Country Jam, sponsored in part by Senex and hometown Chevy dealers, July 18th through the 20th in Eau Claire. New this year, Cowboy Jacks will be bringing the fun with sand volleyball, games, and their amazing food and beverages. Upgrade your fun with party pit passes, the Senex Country Club, or better yet, VIP. Go to CountryJamWI.com now for tickets and camping. That's CountryJamWI.com. Wax 104.1 